0: I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together, our quote of the day. You can't be devoted to your healing and your lies at the same time. Ooh, you have to pick one or the other. You can't be devoted to your healing and your lies at the same time. You have to pick one or the other. Let that sink in, everybody. That is from our guest today, Sa Desimone. I am so excited. Welcome, of course, back to the show. Um, We are uh, still coming to you live from Connecticut. Today, I'm really excited to be featuring a rising star in the spiritual activism community. Um, We are going to be diving into a lot of things today. He talks a lot about um, how to overcome self-esteem. I really want his tips on that. I think that's going to be cool. Also, uh, we're going to talk about welcoming diverse voices into uh, spiritual communities and so much more. Uh, If you haven't already subscribed to our Patreon, let me tell you quickly a little bit about it. I've been seeing so many of you coming on over, so thank you so much. Um, we are ad-free there and we have different tiers and we're working on kind of even adjusting those tiers and making them better. Um, we had done a Tony Robbins Business Mastery class and it's a $10,000 class and we, we all did it as a team here at Better Together and it's been life-changing, game-changing as uh, Tony's events usually are. And so we are all reinvigorated, so inspired, and we feel like we have the tools to build the things that we wanna build. So it's super exciting and we're sharing those tools and the things that we learned with you uh, to the best of our abilities. We will never be Tony, of course. Mm. And um, it's just kind of a great way to get you to dip your toe into some of these lessons and um, maybe think about uh, taking a seminar yourself. Um, but i also
1: say too quickly, Maria, yeah. even if you're not necessarily a business owner, all the lessons that we went over on Patreon can apply to your own life Totally. Um, to sort of be pitching yourself just as a person in your relationships and your communities and your friendships and your relationships. So I, um, love that episode of our Patreon. And uh, if you're a second tier member, you get access to those weekly.
0: If you haven't subscribed guys, tell everybody how to do it. I know that not a lot of people know how to do Patreon. So let's make it simple for them.
2: I will put it in the link in your bio. And fun fact, you guys, I actually just learned this. So I'm going to tell you all, download the app. Yeah. It will change your life. I had no idea. I was just logging in online. Download the app. So click the link in Maria's bio on her Instagram. It will take you to Patreon. Sign up. Download the app. It'll change your life.
0: Awesome. It's amazing. We have a lot of big plans for Patreon. So I'm really excited for some of the things that we're going to be unfolding. Um, so join us over there. We have a lot more latitude. We will often um, curate amazing clips online and and use them within the lessons and the things that we're um, discussing. We can't do that here. Um, mm-hmm. So um join us over there. And and we're grateful for you guys to support the show. And if you haven't already subscribed here on YouTube, please do. You'll get those little notifications that will alert you to the incredible people we have coming on the show that are going to better our lives. Um, and we are trying to reach 1000 reviews. Thank you so much for the beautiful reviews, by the way. I've been reading them, all the new ones that are coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we love to know how this show is changing your life. And it's really inspiring for us to hear that. We're here to serve you and to bring you incredible content and incredible kind of tools to to better yourselves in your lives as we're bettering ourselves in our lives as well. Um, so uh, leave us a little a little note there and let people know how its a, how it's helping you, how it's affecting you, what your favorite episode is um and
1: yeah i also just want to say too like you guys are great writers you know it's funny all podcasts Mm -hmm. have different communities but i've just been so impressed by like how thoughtful and intelligent our audience is so i'm gonna give you guys a little pat on the back we love your reviews
2: i agree Mm -hmm. they're beautifully written now they really are
0: i always get really teary-eyed kelsey and i will like text each other like oh my god this one Mm, they're so beautiful so um so thank you guys for that and yeah you're helping us build this um this community we're calling everybody like part of the Heal Squad. Yep. We're really starting that kind of terminology behind the scenes. We're like, oh, it's part. Of, you're part of the Heal Squad because what we want to do eventually is build such a big community that everyone's helping each other. One of the things that I love um, about the people I've helped in the last couple of years on their brain tumor journey is I've I started at some point, because there were too many people to to help, I started kind of combining them and doing like a call with four of them, if I had a bunch at the same time and saying, let's all get on the phone together because I'll be able to say everything once, but then also I'll put you guys on a text exchange. So you have, you know, other people to to collaborate with, right? Like one person can research one thing, the other can research the other. You come together and you have the answers because it's a lot of work. That's
1: so cool, Maria. That's so smart.
0: Yeah. So I kind of want to build the same thing, but in a bigger way here, Mm -hmm. I want all of us to be able to come together and we're building our website, you know, currently, and that's going to be really cool. If you go to MariaManunos.com, you'll already see some of the changes. It's really awesome. But, um, what I want to do is be able to have a community there and eventually we can even have it, You know separated by different kind of ailments and things that people want to like deep dive into and then we all help each other because what happened was like one person in particular um, I was helping her with her husband who has glioblastoma like my mom and the time came last September when my mom had to get on medications that he had already been on and she had already done some of the research um, and and shortcutted things for me so that was really helpful Um, and I think we can do the same here. So that's kind of like the bigger vision for all of this. And I think uh it's really exciting. So let's keep building this. Share it with your friends, bring them on over. Um, I promise they will not they will not be upset, I don't think. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Especially after what you guys tell us. Um, I know you guys wanted to do an Ask Maria segment today. Jeff, you've been curating this for a bit. Tell me.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been collecting questions from your audience for a long time via your social platforms. And we have some really, really fun ones here. So, um, you know, it's a fun chance, even for us as producers, Maria, we know you so well, but there's chapters of your life that even I'm curious about. I will be <laughs> honest, guys, I personally stuck a question in here because oh, I wanted to be here.
0: I'm dying. Okay. Wait, so yeah. we watched um, this weekend, Kelsey and I made our return to television. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. Or to, you know, actually sitting down and being humans. And so uh, we watched the movie Eurovision. And oh, yes. it's so funny because I feel like I heard some people say it was OK. And so when someone says it's OK, you're like, well, do I want to invest You know, almost two hours of my time? Right. No. So I kind of yeah. let it go. But Will Ferrell is my favorite. Same. I live for him It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Well, I was kind of like, okay, we'll watch it. So we started watching it before, like, I we hit pause at one point. I go, Kelsey, you know I performed at Eurovision, right? She's like, No. Jeff, so I lost it. I I know. Lost it. So this was, I think, 2005. In 2004, um, uh, a Greek girl, Elena Paparizou, won Ooh. Eurovision. So when you win Eurovision as a country the next year your country gets to host the entire show now it's like 300 million people from all over the world from all over yeah watch this show it's like the super bowl meets the olympics meets the voice right it's massive and it's campy so they called me from greece and asked if i would host this show because they knew of this like greek american girl and um, I was a host on the red carpets at the Oscars and, you know, in Hollywood and whatever. So long story short, I go and I'm hosting the show and I'm ho- hosting it with um, like the Greek Ricky Martin. His name is Saki Suruvas.
2: Which is funny because I was like, is that Ricky Martin? Oh, that's so
0: funny. I know. And I didn't even get the <laughs> yeah. chance to tell you. So uh, he's great. Um, and we hosted it together. And at some point, I remember Kevin being like, yeah, she needs to perform. So we, oh, amazing. So we decided on this song and it was called Love Shine a Light and uh i performed it with sakis we did a duet and so i showed kelsey and she was of course crying dying it was so good um if you want a deep dive it's in my instagram it's like probably a year ago we probably should have pulled a clip but i didn't think i was going to talk about that today (laughs) um we'll find it and we'll put it in the summary of this if you are curious to see um maria
2: has pipes which i've always known like when you joke saying you're even good. (laughs) But I I was like, dang. Thanks, Kels. Yeah, was impressive.
0: Hey, Heal Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts, that's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menuno's Facebook group and Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, Please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you.
1: For me, though, it was seeing you fly in on these bungee cords so i had like the it was actually a really fun project i got to build your reel last year and it was this chance for me to just like unpack the archives of who maria menounos is in this incredible career all of a sudden i see you in this beautiful yellow dress just like (laughs) flying in on these bungee cords i'm like what maria did this too so i i'll selfishly go with my question first what was that like being hundreds of feet up in the air on bungee cords On Eurovision.
0: Absolutely terrifying. So I remember they were going to have me from one corner. It's the Olympic Stadium, by the way, that we hosted this in. So in Greece. So I'm on one corner, Sakis is on the other, and they're going to like fly us in and we're going to meet on the stage. Every time we did rehearsal, I would tell Kevin and Meredith, who was my assistant Mm -hmm. at the time. You've heard Meredith on the show before, guys. I'd have them wait underneath me. I'm like, can you guys wait underneath me to catch me if they drop me? I'm like, what if someone takes a <laughs> cigarette break? Like, Europeans are so much more chill and lax. I'm like, what if someone takes a cigarette break and forgets me? And then they drop <laughs> me. And so I would be like, Kevin, just sit under there to catch me. And it just made me feel better to know he was in proximity. Aww. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty terrifying, actually. It's really, really high up. And, um, you know, I'm... I will always push past my fears and so I think that's like fun, right? Like I always say living is in that middle part of when you're like absolutely terrified to when you cross over and you're like, Oh, I did it. So I like that. I'm addicted to that feeling. And uh yeah, it was pretty terrifying.
2: Pretty <laughs> I terrifying. Love that. I love it too. Kelsey, this one will be fun
1: for you. Oh, ooh. I didn't mean to interrupt. Kels, no, it's OK.
2: I was just going to say.
0: I Some thought... of my hair looks were terrifying, too. But but that's another story. Oh, A fashion rewind on my Eurovision is really yes. worth it. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: We should do that tomorrow. But I was telling her, Jeff, I said, Marie, I know you've done a million and one things. But honestly, this is the coolest thing you've ever done. Thank I was, you. Yeah, I was in shock. Thank I was in awe.
0: You. All right. Let's get to a few quick questions. Yes. Because we've got to get to our interview as well. Ooh. So what? I see one here. Um, what's your favorite perfume? OK, and it's Cat Pal 007. So my favorite perfume right now is C by Giorgio Armani. Mm. Um, I I have found that I really like that one. I have a really hard time with perfumes. That's I like them in the store. And then when I buy them, I hate them. Sure. I have so many. And I feel like they never stay. Like I put it on, and it's not like. A, with C was the first one I got complimented on, so I kept it. <laughs> Basically, because there you go. Because I'd put this stuff on, and nobody would ever smell it, and I couldn't smell it on myself. So I'm like, what's the point? And so yeah, C, 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 Senorita. C. Um, let's see, top five TV series. Ooh, um. The Silver Twins. The Silver Twins on TLC, 90 Day Fiancé, and all of the 90 Day Fiancé franchises. Um, What's that one that's like on the, that we love, Jeff? That drama with like all the media moguls.
1: Succession.
0: Succession, yes. Succession. Incredible. Um, I do love Ozark, but it's not like my my favorite favorite, but I do love it. Trying to think, it's really hard to remember. Oh, Better Call Saul.
2: And you also love what's the cartoon one.
0: Oh, Rick and Morty. Yes, and South Park.
2: And 60 Days In, come on. And 60 Days
0: In, (laughs) yes. Um, Okay, so there we go. Oh, man. Um, How was it being on One Tree Hill, Amira Lynn? One Tree Hill was a much needed escape at the time and so much fun. You know, we're going to talk with, saw about spirituality and presence and and all of those things and I got to be present there and that's why I think I loved it so much it wasn't like the acting part as much as I realized that when I would get to go act the kind of underlying thing there was I didn't feel like I had that like like I could do it in my sleep so I had to focus so hard that means I had to shut everything else off. And just focus on that mm. and I think that's why I loved it so much it wasn't the acting it was the kind of camaraderie in the team feeling of a f- production but really it was I could be present I wasn't multitasking and doing a zillion things at once I think that we all have forgotten what that probably feels like to have a singular focus yeah. um, and it is a very freeing thing and i feel like that was the gift i got when i shot that or fantastic four um or kicking it old school whatever yeah. it was i got to just focus on that and then because of that that meant i also had free time to be me and have fun and be light and you know the the real world outside of that was like a million things and hustle hustle, hustle ah, and just all this craziness so i just realized in this moment that that's what I really loved about being on Wintry Hill. And I loved all of, you know, everybody I was working with. They were amazing. And I had so much fun with everybody. But it was that. It was, I, I kind of just got to be me in a weird way mm-hmm. and not me times a billion. Yeah.
2: What well, was like in your brain or to yourself, it was a good, quote unquote, excuse, right? You, yeah. And you could use that. You could oh, yeah. say, yeah, no, I have to focus. So you... Yeah could tell everyone else bye no
0: yeah. thanks yeah yeah you were that. in
1: flow we talk about i think on yeah. the katarina blom episode we talk about flow is the state of like singular focus mm. and sort of it, there's this ideal thing where you're a little bit out of your comfort zone yep. but not too far out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone so you're you're really growing mm-hmm. um so if you want to hear more about that check out the katarina blom episode because i think that was maria's flow and i want to say in terms of your acting maria tomorrow on amazon prime a new season <gasps> of the boys drops oh my god and- Yes.
0: But that's Sorry, like a screaming. bit of a spoiler, but yes, you might see me on the boys.
1: That's a bit Luckily a we're pre-taping this, so after the show we can evaluate whether or not this can stay in the episode. But, uh... <laughs> oh,
0: no, but I God. think I don't know what episode I'm in, so we'll have to find out. That's actually on my to-do list today to figure out. Um but hilarious. Yeah. I think um I you know what I love, Jeff? I love that you remember every guest mm-hmm. so vividly. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I love the show. I like every, I leave these shows with so many takeaways. I'm, I'm producer of the show, but I'm also such a fan. So that's a fun role to have. You know, it's great.
0: I'm like a super fan myself because I just, it's, I feel so blessed to be able to talk to all of these people and, and learn from everybody to, you know, it's crazy cool. So let's get to yes. our next amazing guest. Um, so Saad Simone is one of the fastest rising stars in the spiritual community. After a journey to Nepal in 2013, he developed a revolutionary healing approach, blending ancient Tantric Buddhism and modern contemplative, <laughs> contemplative uh, psychotherapy, served with the twist of his trademark sass. So since then, he's been endorsed by Heavy hitters like Deepak Chopra, Sharon Salzberg, building his own community of passionate followers that he calls his spirituality, his spiritually sassy community. Guys, I can't talk to you. Sorry. Um, maybe I needed more coffee, but um, Sa is here today to help us remember that spiritual transformation is for everyone and he has tools to help you get there. Um, hello, Sa.
3: Hi, gorgeous. Good to see you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Good Hi. to see
0: you. Um, let's start with your story because your story is such a huge part of your kind of journey to enlightenment and, um, I'd love for you to share that with our audience.
3: Well, not to enlightenment, but to feeling a little to, bit better, to better get, enough yeah. that I can help other people. Yeah. <laughs> After I said that, I
0: almost corrected it and I was like, "Well, I mean, we all know no one's fully enlightened. Right. But That's like, right. we're always on the path to enlightenment. We're trying for that. right?"
3: That's right. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the presence of quite a few radical saints who you clearly know that they've touched base with something far out. Um, and you know, some some will call them enlightened, other will call them, you know, but it just it, it whatever language works. But I've I've been in the presence of a few people. This is kind of like what sort of set me off too. It's the quality of someone's presence alone, being able to like.
0: All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do: snack.
3: You know, being in a quality of, of someone's presence where you feel safe and relaxed, that was like, oh, honey, there's something mm. here for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the story sort of started in 2012. Um, uh, we'll backtrack a little bit. In, in 20, when I was 23, I started a fashion magazine called Bullet with a few friends. In 2012, um, I was about starting 28, and I had. Of falling out with my friends, so I got bought out of the company. The betrayal that happened uh, sparked all the all the stuff that was sort of under, you know, under the current of like my what I was, you know, living out um, depression, anxiety, addiction, all that stuff started to bubble up to its fullest extent, and that's what set me off to then um, later a year later, spring of 2014, to go to India on a one-way ticket and you know here we are and it was um, a 10-day silent retreat that sort of opened the door for me and during that 10-day silent retreat i heard words like we have basic goodness i i have really loving parents and i you know i've gone through uh, a, a quite a bit of hardship um you know with my queerness and and stepping stepping into that but I had never told, I had never been, I haven't heard that word. You have basic goodness. Everyone, no matter their past, they are innately good. I had grown up thinking that some people were were bad, other people were good, and other people were even better. Um, this idea of privilege, how some people have this innate qualities and others don't. And and then we meditated on death for three days, and that was a huge, massive transformative experience for me. Uh, to sit with my mortality. Although I had already contemplated uh, a suicide, um, but to, be, to do this in a safe environment was something that I had never done before. And then uh, later that fall, I went back for a 30-day meditation retreat. And that's when everything just sort of like, whoa, um, opened up. And what really set me off, it was my inability to forgive. I had no idea how to forgive my business partners, how to forgive myself, and I had started to, to, you know, get into meditation and mindfulness and, and, you know, dabble into yoga and Buddhism, Kabbalah here and there, and a variety of different uh, ancient, uh, you know, modalities. And it was all, you know, guiding you to be present. And every time I would sit down to be present, my mind would go straight into the past, ruminating, catastrophizing replaying the nightmare over and over and over again. So the inability to forgive, if, if anyone asks me, what started your path? I would say, I had no idea how to forgive myself or other people. So that's what really set me off to go on this journey.
0: Wow. 10 days in silence when you're kind of just being introduced to this whole world must have been challenging.
3: It was, it was extremely challenging, especially in a, in a foreign country. But I just, you know, that little whisper from our hearts, like mm-hmm. you're you're at the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, so often when the mind is so busy, we can't hear the whispers mm-hmm. of, you know, our inner knowing, guiding us towards the next uh, best version of ourselves. But I just knew I had to be there, and it was, I mean, meditating for like eight hours a day and have four hours of lecture. It was a huge edge from being someone from meditating for like five minutes back in the states and then jumping into this. But it was exactly what I needed, you know. I my goal was to go down to South India and and uh, study with different uh, South Indian gurus. But my dad, this is some of the stuff you can't explain, right? My dad walks into the house and says, sai you should go up to the north of the Himalayas and you should study Buddhism with the Dalai Lama." And I was like, "What the? Excuse my language. Can we curse in the show?" <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck do you know, honey? Like, what the fuck do you know about where I should go to study spirituality? and he just knew the when woman your dad's Googled from brazil right that's right yeah
0: and and he did he know anything about meditation or anything about any of this world i mean not not
3: you know not in the in a sense of where like he sits and studies you know but i speak to this often when we are tapped into the flow state we into you know we are in communion with life um we we're saying things and uh, for the first time we're hearing ourselves we're surprising ourselves we are thinking beyond logic. And yes. I think it was one of those moments, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. You just articulated yeah. something that just connected so much because yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'm in flow and I'm like, where did this stuff just come from?
3: That's right. That's right. And and that's, that's what I think all the spiritual work I mean, all of the stuff that we're doing is supporting us to live in that place where we're, we're constantly surprising ourselves. We're constantly like um, tapping into this like infinite well of wisdom that lives inside all of us.
0: And wow. So your dad just that. was in flow and he knew he just knew
3: he just knew homie just knew walked <laughs> in and said, you should go there. And I was like, okay, I followed it. I followed it. And, and I went and, you know, um, and, but little did I know that, you know, years later I was going to come back and write books and, and really help people with all the tools that I've helped myself. I started this purely selfish. You know, I was in a really dark place, yeah. uh, performing in New York city with the magazine performing really well, you know, uh living with with the lows of depression the highs of anxiety and the the quick fixes of addiction and and then you know little did I know that I would as they started to feel better as I started to transform my mind open my heart energize my body I would then be helping other people to do the same it's actually a natural next step right fill up your cup and help fill the cup of others I think that's the saying that people say
0: that's what I'm doing here too so funny. Yes. And I just heard
3: about your story and thank you. Thank you so much for living out so fully.
0: Oh, thank you. You said something yeah, well, though that's interesting. You said I was performing. And I want to make sure that your you, the intent behind the word is clear to everyone listening. That's right. That's right. Explain that.
3: Performing is performing a, a role, a coherent role where we are not not being vulnerable we're not letting our masks down, you know, we're not, and I'm not talking about the COVID mask. We're in a pandemic right now, if you're listening to this. So we're, we're, we're asked to wear masks, um, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the psychological masks, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that we have to put on to pretend that we're okay, to pretend that we like certain things, to pretend that we like our jobs, pretend that we like our friends, that coherent act of performance. That's what I'm speaking about. And constantly having to like resurrect old versions of ourselves to fit this connection to this person uh, does that make sense?
0: I I want you to deep dive a little bit into the deeping into the uh, dipping into the past. What do you mean by that?
3: So, like for instance, we have friends in our lives that we've known for a long time, and as we start to progress on a spiritual path on our healing journey, right? Um, some of them will will follow up with us, will keep up, and will continue to transform, and others will sort of you know fall away because. We're not curious about the same things. We're not uh, moving towards the same thing. We're not wanting to do the same things we used to do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you are hanging out with those people, I'm using an example that's very that's very real in my life right now. But this happens um, as you just start to like change yourself just a little bit. And uh, so you ended up meeting with these, hanging out with these people, right? And you ended up having to unintentionally resurrect this old version of yourself yes. to fit their view of you. That's what I mean does that make sense?
0: Yes 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 and it's very
3: difficult it's very difficult because a lot, we we recognize that the true nature of life is, is change it's transient we're all we're all completely transforming every single day every single morning every time we go to sleep you know um, but I think it's it's difficult for us to see other people transforming and being open about it transforming and, and thriving in that transformation being able to you know navigate the the, the, the highs and lows of, of, of healing. Uh, with a smile on her face um, it, it could be quite quite triggering for people so yeah. it, it, as you're transforming setting some sort of boundaries with who you spent time with and al- although the name of the show is better together which i'm i'm completely i think that's the direction to go sangha in buddhism it's very much rooted the importance of the spiritual community um, to help us to elevate and go to the next level have a sounding board a mirror to each other um, but i think at, at the beginning i had to take some time off From everything, everyone that I knew, all the people around me, as I was like rebuilding myself.
0: Yeah, I wonder. That's actually such a cool topic to dive into a little bit because, you know, I've gone through it where, as I evolve and as I've grown, you know, different people didn't grow with me and didn't fit into my world because now Mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing different things. It's just it doesn't mean they're a bad person or I'm a better person or anything like that. It's just we're not on the same page with things and so we're not going to have a lot of connection points and so I always kind of say like okay this person's like in cousin status like you're my cousin like I love you we're connected (laughs) but we're not going to be spending as much time together anymore because I want to be around people who are I'm going to learn from and I don't want to constantly be in that position of having to be my old self or even just having to constantly teach or whatever that's Um, right And so but what happens is when you go on that growth, I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way dot com and enter the promo code heal squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code heal squad trust me you won't regret it um pattern and you're young and we have a wide range of um ages that listen to this you know it's hard because they want to pull you back they want you to stay here and so they'll start to feel triggered and they'll say things like when you offer something or you tell them you have this a great experience with something, like, yeah, that's not for me or that's, you know, they're very triggered okay. and it's so obvious. So will you give people advice on how to, how to kind of set your boundaries and not be dismissive of people right because we Mm -hmm. we don't want to hurt people as we're growing either it's kind of like it's just a challenging little moment and i know so many people are going through it right now
3: well there's i mean thank you for that that's such a beautiful question such a necessary uh uh topic to to dive into there's there's a a few things that um i find uh that i want to sort of bring it up and i'm trying to think of the best way to say this because every it's every uh relationship will have its own dance right we have our own um, our own curriculum that we're working through together and in in short See if the people the people in your life are cultivating your best qualities or they're, they're developing your neurosis. Ooh. That's a simple way for, for me to put it out there. If, are they...
0: <laughs> say it again. <laughs>
3: uh, and I'm sort of hearing myself say this for the first time too. Thank you for together creating the condition for this to arise. Um, it's are the people in our lives cultivating our best qualities or they're developing our neurosis. And it's, I think it comes down to that. And then you have to take spiritual inventory. You sort of have to look at every single thing in your life and take spiritual inventory, not only the people, but the, the places and the things, treat your addiction to suffering, treat your relationship to suffering, treat relationship to healing. Like, you know, we have to, like, we've, we've talked about it in, in, in addiction. Um, we are so familiar with feeling bad and navigating these waters and complaining and gossiping and all the stuff that's sort of like hardwired in for the vast majority of us it takes a real big change to step out and say you know what this group friend we're only gossip mm-hmm. this group friend we only complain we're never talking we're never bonding over our dreams and inspirations and the things that I'm inspired by and the- and all the beautiful things I'm, I'm learning and and developing in my heart. It's always about, we're putting someone down, or, you know, the, if, if that's kind of the the, the the setup that you have with this group of friends, know that everything is being, is, is being taken, is being documented by your mind. And if you're gossiping, the seeds of, of negativity, of, of viciousness, of, of, of blame and shame and criticism, they're being watered in the garden of your mind. So mm. more and more of that will prevail. Um, so treat, look at your, look at, you know, take inventory of your life, take inventory of every area of your life, but starting with the the relationships, I think. So thank you for bringing that up.
0: I love that. I feel like the other part that can be a little confusing, right, is, you know, that notion of kind of cutting people out and when they could actually be signals of things you need to address in yourself. Mm-hmm.
3: Beautiful. (laughs)
0: Beautiful. Yeah, we say uh, that every
3: challenging person in our lives, are we bring them to the altar. They become the center of worship because they're helping us to see our minds. It's, uh, you know, everyone that's challenging person, we say, thank you so much for helping me exercise my best qualities. Um, But again, there has to be a point where enough is enough. And you can't heal trauma where you were traumatized. Mm. You have to take a step back. You have to recalibrate. I had to go. I'm not saying you need to go all the way to, you know, to the Far East, to India, Nepal, Indonesia, you know, these places. You just, um, I think you have to take a step back and know, you know, can you rebuild yourself enough where your relationship to stress and to your triggers is a little bit different. You know, where you actually have a little bit of witnessing, where the trigger doesn't arise and you immediately wear that old dress that doesn't even fit you anymore and you operate from there.
0: Um, yeah, because it depends on when the trauma occurred. So like, I think now we're isolating a trauma with a person, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a trauma with a specific person, um, not speaking from experience, but um, if this <laughs> <or> person <not. laughs> happens to be uh, kind of somebody you can't really <laughs> divorce yourself from for so many reasons, that's right. Yeah. Um, and you know, spiritually there's a lesson there and there are things that need to be healed, but they're kind of unhealable, right? Like there are people who are so far down the the wrong path and they need to kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps and find their way before you can even meet. Because otherwise you're ahead on the spiritual path and you want to, Meet them, but you're not on the same road. So until they can kind of get on the same road, then you can have a discussion that's more um, uh, is commensalistic. The word I like. I, I'm trying to think of it, it. It's challenging. Productive, maybe. Productive. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I have someone in my life where I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I, I feel empathy. I feel bad. I have a lot of anger and a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. but at the same time. I can't even go there, like, and so you have to create such boundaries so that they don't mm-hmm. continue to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that whole notion of not having to keep putting on that dress that doesn't fit because those traumas happened for me younger, and mm-hmm. and it's not I'm not the same person, but I can easily right. try to squeeze that shit back on and like zip it up. Oh, we do a it so fast. Way, we right? do it
3: so quick too. It's like all of a sudden, oh shit, like I'm wearing this prom dress. How? Like <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Um, but it, I do want to just emphasize one thing though. I think every trauma is possible to be healed. I think nothing is, no trauma is too big that can be healed. And I think it sort of goes back to um, how I started my journey and really developing, developing yourself to forgiveness mm. so much so that we are then awakening our ability to understand, accept, have compassion because people who are suffering cause others pain, people who are hurting hurt others and, and compassion really asks us to, to, uh, you know, really look at their pain as as, as the, the collective pain of the world, right? As part of our own pain. And what can we do to support their, their, their way out of suffering? So it will ask us to over and over and over again, forgive and to the point where the, what would it be inflammatory for our system no longer is. What would flare up the old ways of thinking and feeling and reacting and speaking and doing things will no longer have the same reaction. So it's a commitment to forgiveness. It's a commitment to, uh, it doesn't take away responsibility of people who are involved in, in the, in the, in the trauma, but it gives you an opportunity to stop the cycle of pain. And that is the choice on the spiritual path is to constantly choose the path of wisdom, of freedom, of love, of joy, of compassion. And, and that's the high view, right? It's really asking you to continuously. Um, and, and at some point I always have to go back to that because every situation is very tender and very specific for everybody. And every trauma, you know, the, the weight of it for me might be a five and for you might be a 50. So I won't know, um, but it's important for you to uh, work with forgiveness. I think for to heal any trauma, forgiveness is the first step. Mm-hmm. And relearn how to breathe, you know, have a, a practice of, of, of dancing, a practice of concentration of the mind, like a meditation technique. Um, stuff like that you know what I mean where you're not you're dancing with your triggers in a complete and I'm I'm metaphorically speaking you're 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 dancing with your triggers in a completely new way and every time the flare-up happens you learn something new Mm -hmm. and you know but then there is there is that that sort of necessary point of, of you know in all of these ancient uh you know mystical mystical traditions to take some time to sacred uh sacred alone time. Like rebuild yourself. You can take three days away from from the, the, the difficult person, or maybe you can take two weeks, or maybe you can take a week, or maybe you can take a month. You don't need to go off in this whole, uh, you know, um, few year pilgrimage. You don't need to do that. Just find what works for you, but take some time away to see your piece in the puzzle. How am I, what am I bringing to the experience? Mm-hmm. Be responsible for your piece you know i think it's when we are affected by trauma uh it's 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 the conditioning supports us to the conditioning supports us and i don't don't take this out of context but it puts us in this victim mindset we are utterly completely blaming uh the world for for how we feel and what happened to us and, and then the, the spiritual path, the, it, I'm, I'm strictly speaking for my own interpretation of, of Vajrayana, which is tantric Buddhism in my studies of contemporary psychotherapy, holistic nutrition. So it's purely my own interpretation, right? Um, but... It, But do I want to live like the victim for the rest of my life? Or do I want to transform this pain into my mission? Do I want to transform this pain into, into something that could help myself and other people? You know, I think it, it really, it really puts you in that position of like, am I approaching life through a victim mindset? Am I constantly blaming the outside world for my internal season?
0: Uh. Okay, I have two questions. I wrote down the second one so I don't forget Ooh. it. Um, but going back to the notion, and we've talked about talked about this before, that Ooh. you know, it's like if you believe that you know there were agreements going into this lifetime, right? That certain people right. are going to arrive in your life for a certain purpose. That's where you get the oh, thank you, you know, sir, for coming into my life to bring me this grief because this is the lesson that I'm going to need to learn. Like they they sign up to be the bad guy in your life. So you have to have empathy for the fact that they had to choose the tough role and and they're coming in to show you something. So knowing that.
3: Mm, so good. So
0: how do you then say, oh, well, you are not healthy for me, so I'm gonna cast you aside and go on with my merry way when mm-hmm. the truth is they're there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. All of these people like, are around for a reason. And when you start cleaning up, you're like, OK, that's the thing we're supposed to do. But is it? I don't know. What is the right way to, to proceed?
3: Well, there's a couple ways that we can do this. I think we, we often are trying to work on this one specific, really high, you know, really, really textured trauma. But we're, we're, we're then operating on a different way with this person and that person and this person. What I always say to people, it's like this. If you want to have compassion for the, the real textured trauma, the crunchy, crunchy, high, high, high one, the really difficult person. But you're treating the woman at the grocery store without care or tenderness or even or even you know, the fleeting thought in your mind that this person has the same potential that you and I have to be happy, to be free of suffering. You're running over a homeless person to get to your yoga class. You are uh, not returning phone calls. You are not being of support to your community. You're tossing trash on the highway. If, if you're creating this, this, whole, this whole, you know, you, you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. You have this entire environment of unskillful actions But you're doing your best efforts with this person. That's not enough, my love. That's not enough. We have to treat, we have to bring the center the same tenderness and care and loving and compassion that we're trying to bring towards this really difficult motherfucker right here. Towards (laughs) everyone. That's the only way to transform.
0: But what if you're doing all the good things with everybody else into this motherfucker? You're an ice cold bitch. What? It, <laughs> <laughs> because you just well? don't want any more pain. So you're like, that's you right. say at your 20 foot distance, sir. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
3: and, but, and what I have to offer, I love that. And what I have to offer <laughs> is that that will happen naturally. Like the consequence of all of your good actions will support this to fall away naturally. But the problem that I see oftentimes is we are, we are going to, we're senior coach, our therapist, our shaman, our healer, whatever. We're working on that one thing. But we step out of the, out of the healing session, the person that's in front of you in the line, you're like, excuse me, honey you cut the line, you do this, you don't tip, you don't, you don't exercise your generosity your wisdom, your love, your compassion, your joy Mm. in any other area of your life, except for the people who are nice to you, except for the people who are kind to you. Mm. That is the problem. Now, if you're doing all these other delicious, amazing, supportive, and skillful things in every other area of your life, it's, it's, I mean, this is the proof in the pudding for me, it's that that person in this relationship, this karmic curriculum that we have, that will fall away naturally because we were we're going to have a radical change of perspective this person will no longer be seen as bad it's gonna we're gonna see somebody that really didn't didn't receive the same amount of love that they needed didn't get the amount of care that they needed and, and perhaps we're going to figure out it's not for us to do that, but that, you know, may life uh, serve them in a way that supports their awakening and their healing. Yeah. Um, but it's offer a prayer, offer a prayer, you know, bring these difficult people into your prayer every single night. You know, it's how I close the day. It really, we have to. We have to. And I, I've said this about people in our government. And I said, let's pray for this person. Let's bring this person as our object of focus for today. And people are really flared up about that. And I'm like, honey, if we can love somebody who's in complete pain and agonizing themselves in the whole world, what is the purpose of the spiritual path? We've missed the plot.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to my nightly prayers. Um, I for for that specific thing. I do my nightly prayers anyway, but I definitely have forgotten some of that. Um, so, how do you transform? Right? How do you forgive? Truly? Mm-hmm.
3: Great question. Uh, There's three pillars to forgiveness, according to Buddhist psychology. One is forgiving yourself for all the ways you've muted yourself, for all the ways you've silenced yourself, all the ways you've caused harm to yourself. Um, That's step one. Step two asks for forgiveness for all the ways that you have intentionally or unintentionally caused pain and suffering to other people. And then forgive the motherfuckers who've caused you pain. (laughs) So it's the three pillars, uh, the three pillars of forgiveness. And there's a variety of ways of doing this. One way you can do it with your eyes closed, if if the trauma is too textured, closing your eyes is going to re-traumatize you. Stay with your eyes open, right? Write letters. That's what I did for for, for even for a couple of years. Saturday was a forgiveness ritual day. Write the letters towards yourself, towards other people, and then ask for forgiveness. Do the three pillar of forgiveness over and over again. And you're going to know when healing has taken place, when the memory visits your mind and you're no longer taken by it. Mm-hmm. It, you no longer are wearing that old dress. You're no longer, you know, being hooked. And all of a sudden your system's flared up again. It passes by like a cloud in the sky, leaving no residue, just goes by. Oftentimes when we are not, when we haven't amended, when we haven't transformed our, 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 our relationship to traumatic memories with forgiveness, uh, we have a, I have a, I say a psychological uh, gag reflex. You know, you you, you sort of like are, are pulled back into it oh. and there's a residue that, um, that you experience. And, and we have to also remember that forgiveness is an, this is radical for most people. This forgiveness is an independent process. We're doing this to, to change our relationship to ourselves, to parts of our own mind. We're not forgiving. So we go oftentimes when something traumatic happens, we're trying to go to that person that we co-created that experience with. And we're saying, Um, unless you forgive, uh, please forgive me or I forgive you or any variation of this, of of this uh, communication once, before you haven't, before you have, uh, if you haven't done the work between you and you, this is just more, this is just more, more pain. This is just more suffering. This is not supporting the path of freedom for you or for anybody else involved. Oftentimes when you do the work between you and you with your eyes close or eyes open with your journal, in your room, uh, the universe will set in course, will set in motion, um, all the all the eyes in our face, that's what I say, the eyes in our face can't see, but the hearts will know of everyone involved, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it does require a level of, 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 of surrender and, and, and faith, uh, I don't really like the word surrender, um, but the, the faith and, and devotion and trust that like, you know, you're doing the work uh, to, to transform your internal world. And by you transforming your internal world, you're helping impact the entire tapestry that we're all connected to. Um, we oftentimes think that if if this person that caused pain to me, asking them, you know, then saying, You're forgiven, we're going to reinstill the basic goodness in us. No, no one can do that for you. The basic goodness in you, only you can recognize that. You know, everything we do on a spiritual path is about unlearning and remembering that. Mm
0: so how do you do how do you do the work on you how do you fix the relationship between you and you
3: (laughs) (laughs) i love this Uh, Mm. again it really is about you being responsible for the life you've lived Mm. you know for all the ways you've caused yourself harm for all the ways you've caused other people harm and it's being really honest and doing in a safe place um i've done it on my journal over and over and over again, and after I finished writing these letters, I would burn them as a means of transformation. Um, I love And that. then doing a using a meditation practice, you know, to the point where. And then here's the other thing that I've done, and uh, or sometime last week I was I was giving an interview about about forgiveness because it's really what set me up for everything that I'm doing today. Um, the memory resurfaced my mind and I couldn't stop, you know, I'm walking uh, or I'm doing whatever and the memory, I couldn't stop and write a forgiveness letter or sit down for a meditation. I would just treat the mind to an antidote. Forgive me, I forgive you. May I be happy, may I be happy. Whisper these healing words in your mind. That's what, that's the power of a mantra is invoking the truth that lives at the base of your being. So just whispering that in your mind, you know, may uh, I forgive you, forgive me. May I be happy, may I be happy. These, it's, it, it takes you a millisecond to do that. And notice, the more you do that, what you're doing at the base of your being, at the garden of your mind, you're watering the seeds of forgiveness. You're watering the seeds of acceptance. You're watering the seeds of compassion, of love. Now, when the memory surface your mind and you quickly distract yourself or you quickly run up to do whatever and you're not able to, in that very moment, witness, recognize, treat the mind to an antidote. Um, you're, you're watering the seeds for more distraction, for more unskillful behavior to arise. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that's a little
3: something about forgiveness. I you love know? <laughs> it. I love it.
0: I love it so much. Um, I know you're working a lot on, um, inclusion within the spiritual community. Will you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question, my love. It really, um, you know, I was I was talking to your to your producer a couple days ago about I I became tired of having to drag my throne to every table of having to carve my way into every table. This I'm talking about even far out in the Himalayas, you know, I was tired of that shit. I just said, you know what? I'm done with this paradigm. I'm done with this curriculum. I'm just gonna create my own table. And in this table, we're celebrating. All the people who have been told they're too much, you're too extra, too queer, too flamboyant, you're too, too, too anything. This table is for every, is for all of us. In this table, you're celebrated, you're adored, you're loved for that extraness. Now, let's turn that extraness into ways of creating a positive impact into the world. And of course, the table is 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 big enough for everybody who's always wanted to be fully self-expressed, mm-hmm. but they were told that you can't do that. You're not enough. You, you, uh-uh, not for you, honey. Um, so it's a, it's spiritually sassy as, as, as the movement that we're creating. It's really about celebrating the too two, two, two black, too brown, too queer, to this, to anything. This is your space, honey. Um, after having, you know, really gone through so many, you know, I, I was, before I became sober, I was like bar hopping, right. Um, over and over again. And then when I went on my, on my healing journey on my sober journey, uh, it was like monastery hopping. And even in these high places where people were technically, you know, uh, supposed to, we're all, we're all there for the same reason, to heal, to transform, to be kind, to exercise kindness, right? We're at baseline of the place. And you find these microaggressions, these, these looks, these, you know, all this vicious stuff that you're like, what the fuck, man, I'm here to like transform. We're here to be better together, but it's not working. And, and slowly, slowly, I had to just like continue to like roll my shoulders back and not play small because I needed to fit into what they wanted, what worked for them. And my, my view of spirituality of this ultra spiritual, um, you know, person was to be small mm. and quiet and not sassy and don't you laugh out loud and don't you dance like this and don't you wear that and don't you like these things. And don't you speak like this. And don't you make people laugh while they're healing. Don't do that. That's not, that's not healing. I'm like, "Mm, there's something off about this. As far as I'm concerned, everything we're doing here is so we laugh more, is so we dance more, is so we're like more humorous, more playful. And And I found that all of this stuff was sort of stripped away from the healing path that I was on until I had a moment of a, you know, a healing curriculum graduation. When spiritually sassy sort of landed, I was like, oh, wow, I am going to all these different places and there, I'm, I'm the only brown queer person here. And there's 100 people, there's 80 people or 250 people at a meditation retreat in Kathmandu, Nepal. And there's I could count on one hand the amount of black, brown, queer bodies there. It's That's really uh, it's not it's not wellness for everybody. You know, it's wellness for the privileged few. And I found that throughout writing this book, I got pushed back from people saying, some of the stuff is only, uh, it's only for people who can come here. And I'm like, fuck that, this is for everybody, honey. So spiritually sassy, my whole mission is to, uh, its for everybody who never felt safe because they didn't have models. You know, the person who was teaching them didn't look like them, had no context for queer, black or brown trauma at all, could never understand um, that experience, the texture of that experience. so and it's not I'm not saying that I do either, but I have you know lived in this uh, navigated the world like this uh, as a queer brown man and, and and it's it's really supported me to understand just a little bit more of the texture of, of, of this kind of trauma And then speaking from that place, right and it's been a very interesting pl- a very interesting experience for me because both my brother and sister are, are, are white passing. And, and heteronormative and sits. Um so explain to them when I enter into a space and I'm like how are people showing helping them see the level of microaggressions are taking into the room and I'm not letting that define me or getting caught up in that ruminating catastrophizing no I'm just helping two very beautiful wise beings understand what happens when someone like me walks into a room what is non-verbally communicated from, from people in the room, when I walk into a room. And, and I'm speaking about, uh, you know, not overgeneralizing, but that happens a lot with people, queer people who are verbally self-expressed, brown bodies, black bodies, what, how often uh, the, the, the things that are being that are non-verbally communicated, how aggressive they are. So the spiritually sassy movement, um, the home, the, this, this home base that we're creating is is a celebration of authenticity and radical authenticity for all of you who've wanted who have you know shown up with all of your colors and and felt like you I can't do this in a spiritual setting fuck that honey now you can this place is for you
0: let's go I love the spiritually sassy community I love what it's about um and I think that it's so important because what it is is it's about authenticity right and not no one person is like anyone else we're all different so you are bringing something that's so needed in here but it took you being brave to say okay i don't need to fit that mold that everyone else is fitting right and and it's it's an innovation right and you're gonna help so many people and the only way i can even connect to that because i am white is is I had a two, so when you were like listening to your twos, I was was always too big. And I mean big, like when I was on a show, I mean people would squeeze my hand on a live show to tell me to shut up because I was so big and happy and excited. And what happens is they just slowly dim you down Mm -hmm. because you intimidate them. And so when Mm -hmm. you're big and bright and you go into a room and you are your authentic self, you're shining a mirror onto them. Like they're so intimidated by your authenticity because they're making themselves small because they feel insecure to be who they Mm -hmm. truly are. And so that's why Mm -hmm. they hate you is because they want to be you, but they can't because they're living within the confines (laughs) of what people tell them they're supposed to be.
3: (laughs) Say a lot for people in the back. Yes, that's it. That's really what it's about. And and you know, there's two sides to this. Like when we when someone like you or someone like me enter a room, we're doing two things. Either we're doing a people a service, reminding them that you have that sass in you, honey. Let your hair down, put down the psychological mask, stop performing, let us see your true colors, or you're doing them a service by by showing them the shit that they gotta work within themselves.
0: Yeah, you know, they're
3: homophobic. Uh, tendencies, they're 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 racist. Uh, all the little stuff that plays out in the back of someone's mind that they're not technically saying, but they're thinking it. And and if they're thinking without mindfulness, they're believing that shit. Yeah. Uh, and that is the that is the vicious part too. That's you being part of the problem. So mm. we're doing we're shining your light bright, being bold, being big like this is a necessary part of the spiritual path because you are uh, walking to into every room, every place as a permission slip. You're signing permission slips for everybody around you, honey. Like, be full, be big, be fierce, be loud. Be nothing else to life than that. You know what happened to you?
0: Because some people aren't big and bold, they're bold in their way. It's just about being you, whoever you authentically are. Wow, that's really
3: really the the baseline of it. Authenticity has been played out in such a a way, but authenticity is is really what at the end of it, what it looks like, you know, that and it's unique to everybody. Mm -hmm. Sass won't look, spiritually sassiness won't look the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's going to be your own creative, unique way of expressing the qualities of your heart. And in Buddhist psychology, it's called the Brahma Viharas. For all of you spiritual nerds that want to look this up, it's Brahma Viharas, or I translated it and I sort of upgraded um, to these four qualities. They're four qualities, but the literature uses a little bit different words that I think for us in the Western world, these kind of words are like, they're little... um, they're a little difficult to swallow, but it's love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. How are you expressing love, compassion, wisdom, and joy in your own unique creative way? That is the purpose. Find the way to develop these heart qualities and share them out into the world.
0: Love, love, love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am so obsessed. I'm going to listen to this episode myself 15 times. Um, oh honey, I'm
3: living for you. Together we're creating these beautiful conditions for all this I amazing stuff it. to arise.
0: Okay, we need to host a show together. I love you.
3: <laughs> I love you too, sis. We're
0: going to make that happen. Um, so Sa's book, Spiritually Sassy, comes out September 22nd. It can be found anywhere books are sold. Everything you need to know about Sa can be found on his website, www.myhealingally.com. Ally. Ally. Ally, Why yeah. can't I read today? Yeah. <laughs> Myhealingalley.com. Okay. <laughs> <Dot Yeah>. <laughs> um and so we'll put that in the summary of the show you'll get everything there so you guys don't have to even search for it um Sa, I would love to have you back on very soon mm-hmm. um I can't wait to read the book and um I am just so excited this was such an important um conversation I feel like for all of us to hear and um thank you for being you
3: Oh my goodness! Thank you. I'm so honored and grateful. Thank you, everybody. Like and everyone listening, just remember: you have a mission. You have a purpose. You matter. You have value, Mm -hmm. and your value is not circumstantial. It's it's unconditional. It's there because you're there. So let's live, honey. Let's live. Yes. The category is live, honey. Cool. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Love Love you. you. So good to
0: talk. Thank you so much. You. Oh man. How do we do it every time, I guys? I am
2: obsessed, obsessed with it. Obsessed. Obsessed. I love him so much. I don't much. think I've ever taken a full two page of notes.
0: But I also love I love what he's doing for inclusion and and helping people find their way to mm-hmm. these paths and not feeling excluded or or nervous mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. it's so cool and I can't wait to read the book. So he's thank incredible. you guys for joining us as always. Um if you choose to subscribe to this channel, you'll never miss an episode. We'll always have amazing guests like Saw and so many more. Uh, you can follow us at Maria Menounos, at Saw DeSimone, which we'll put in the um, summary as well, at Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Meyer 2 And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.